Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and virtually across from me is your co-host, Ben. So Ben, it's been a minute or two since we've been able to connect over the airwaves. So tell me what's new in your nations. Well, summer's in full swing, and I am really dominating, uh, getting a lot of projects done. Let's that, go. Yeah, that I thought, you know, hey, this is going to take me a long time, but I've just kind of been knocking them out. And um, uh, yeah, I have a lot of momentum. So um, the la- the this the latest thing that I've done is uh, we updated our bedroom, which is new paint and had to, uh, you know, I had to spread some spackling in some places, which was good. And um, yeah, that's just, I mean, I just finished that actually. So, um, so we're sitting, yeah, we're we're sitting in a good place right now in the, you know, in, in the, the actual house itself, we're looking like people live here, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's the new thing that's keeping me busy. What's that? I said emphasis on people. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know how that goes sometimes. Uh, Well, that's good. Glad you're making progress. I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm doing the same. I've, got a lot of demands on my time right now. And so some Mm. projects that I've been wanting to get done have either been delayed because of weather, because some of them are outdoor projects and we've gotten a ton of rain here over the past couple of weeks or schedule. So, but what I am working on, and I mentioned this in the last episode, but I was asked if I would be willing to play bass in a community concert. It's a community bluegrass concert. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I don't play bass, but I, I can do it. I play guitar. And so I essentially have less than three weeks to become a bass aficionado. And I was just like, Hey, there's a need. I know I can do it. You know, I play guitar. The scaling is the same. It's just more of a rhythmic difference. And I was like, Mm. sure. What reason do I have to say no public embarrassment? Well, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'll say Mm -hmm. yes. And so I'm working on that right now. (laughs) And I will say, the grip strength that is required to play bass because those strings are thicker is a lot different than to play even electric or acoustic regular guitar, six string guitar. The amount of strength it takes to hold that string down long-term is different. So I'm developing that grip strength right now and hopefully I'll be good to go up there for the concert. So I'm not distracting. The goal as a bassist is just to be support. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on this week. And the subsequent subsequent weeks until the concert arrives is becoming proficient at bass so I can serve and fill a role that was needed. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I that to... actually, Go that's ahead. a good segue, right, Brian? I mean, like into what we're going to be discussing today. It is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, <laughs> before we get to that topic, though, um, I do want to get into Joshua chapter three, verse seven and eight, which is going to be the verse of the week. We have another verse coming up which is going to be really a support verse for our main topic, which I don't want to reveal yet. But the verse of the week is Mm. Joshua chapter three, verses seven and eight, which is about crossing the Jordan into the promised land. And I love this passage because as you'll see, there's not a lot of instruction given. It's more about faith. So verse seven says, and the Lord said to Joshua today, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that they may know I am with you as I was with Moses. Then verse 8 says, Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. All right, so he's giving instructions to Joshua, 
who then is going to give these instructions to the priests about what to do in the proper way to cross into the promised land. But there's not a ton of instruction given. He says, basically, tell the priest, go stand in the water, then I'll let you know what's up. And so Joshua, as the leader, doesn't know the whole plan. He knows enough of the plan to get them where they need to be so God can work. And I really thought that was illustrative of a lot of times what leadership is. We don't know the whole plan a lot of times, but we know enough of the plan to get the people where they need to be so that when it's time to work, they're ready to work. But that's a really uncomfortable position to be in sometimes. I don't know if you've ever been tasked with something and you don't know the whole plan, but you know that chunk that you're supposed to get done and you wonder to yourself, how is the rest going to get done? (laughs) You trust the one with the plan to have the plan to get it done, right? Now, I'm not always great about that. I want to know all the details. I like having all my I's dotted, all my T's crossed. But we see Joshua here. He does. He steps out in faith. God's like, I'm going to raise you up as a leader. I'm giving you these words to give them. And my first thought would have been, well, then what do they do once they stand in the Jordan? What's going on here? Are they just going to stand there? What happens if nothing happens? You know, things like that, where he doesn't seem to ask that. He just goes and tells them, hey, here's what's up. You guys get ready. God's going to work. So I really like that he's willing to take the plan piece at a time. Yeah, the, I, I'm thinking of when I was uh, in high school, my friends were soccer players and I was not. And the senior year came and they said, you got to you got to join the team. So I said, OK, why not? And I, I remember I was fast and uh, I was I was decently athletic, so I filled the right outside midfielder, and which is which is just running straight down the field back and forth all day, you know. And um, I remember my coach just tasking, just saying, sim- simplifying it in a way that I could grasp it. And I thought, I kind of thought of that, like I I didn't know what that what that role meant and how it fit into the rest of the team. But he had me, he broke down the game for me in such a way that he said, if you do this, we will have success bringing the ball up into the offensive third and and playing it into center midfielders or, or up to forwards. And I remember, I remember him explaining it to me like that. And I, I initially was confused and was just really uncertain as to what you know what I was supposed to do but but when he did that and I saw it done when I just obeyed him followed what he was saying I saw success occurring yeah which I which I just never considered before yeah that <laughs> <laughs> that it would actually that I would actually be successful at a sport that I didn't really play too much but yeah it's yeah I think that is leader that's leadership mm-hmm getting you to that point where you're just willing to obey and then it yeah. kind of yeah that's really that's very cool that you've got a personal story about that yeah, so let's get into the topic of the week which I'm going to have a personal story for in a minute but the topic of the week is a good name which is about reputation and when I think of this the verse that comes to mind is proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 and it says a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. I'm going to read that again. 
A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. So I want to tell you a story. When I was an undergrad, I had to take a sociology class to meet my requirements for my major. And whoever was registering me must not have really been very adept at registering people for classes because there was a prerequisite required for the class they had registered me for. And all of the other sociology classes were filled at this point. And so I'm sitting in the first night of class and the professor's like, okay, this is social problems. This is a 200 level course. In order to take this course, you've had to have taken one of the 100 level courses to be here. If that's not you, raise your hand. And I was like, oh, okay. So I raised my hand and he's like, you really need to be in another class. You can't be in this class without the prereq. And someone I had gone to high school with, they raised their hand and they said, hey, professor, he had Mr. Cells in high school. And the professor looked at her and he said, he had cells. And then he looked at me, he's like, you had cells. And I was like, yeah, I had Mr. Cells. He's like, okay, you're good to go. You're in. And so the name of Mr. Cells was gold to this professor because he knew by reputation, Mr. Cells' students were good to go. Mr. Sells covered enough of the social problems that existed in the world that he knew anyone that had Mr. Sells basically had the equivalent already of a 100 level college course. Did Mr. Sells need to teach that way? Nope. Did he teach that way? Yes. And his name was highly esteemed at that university where people were like, oh, you had Sells? You're good. You had Sells? Don't worry. No prereq needed. So to me, that was a really big moment where I was like, wow. Mr. Sells has a reputation as a good teacher, and that reputation is enough to carry me personally past a requirement that was necessary and get me where I need to go. Now, to really build on this, we all inherit a name. You think about this. We all have a last name that we have inherited, and it's passed through generations. So if you really think about this, just kind of visualize in your mind, listeners, and Ben, I'm leading you on this journey too here. I want you to visualize millennia ago, whatever that looks like in your mind, whether you see like rocky, rough terrain, hot, sweltering temperatures, or it's frigidly, bitterly cold. You see people that are maybe clothed in animal skins, leather, they've got stone tools, right? Somewhere back there, early, in time, where we really don't have an idea of what that looks like. There was a man who bore one name, a first name, right? Even if we don't even know what that was, right? And was struggling to survive, to provide for his family, to protect his family, and allow them to survive one generation. And people knew him, and people knew his kids in the community they grew up in right? Whether it was a hunter-gatherer community, he passed on his genes and his reputation to his kids. Hundreds of years later, his descendants lived in a world that maybe had broken horses. They were farmers. They had domesticated animals. And they had that same struggle to survive through the elements, through the heat, through the cold, through disease, through disasters, through warfare. They fought and persevered to pass on their line to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. Well, a few hundred years ago, because your family survived that long, 
last names began to be a thing. For a while, you used to be Brian of whatever place you lived in, right? Or you'd be Ben of whatever place you lived in. But in the 1600s, 1700s, last names started to be developed based on what you did. And that last name is what you inherit now. But that last name is illustrative of all of the millennia of struggle that men and women, your ancestors, essentially, mothers and fathers, great-grandmothers, great-grandfathers, down the line, it's illustrative of the struggle that they persevered through so that we could be alive today to inherit that name. All right. So when I inherit my name, right, I was given my last name when I was born. That's what it symbolizes. It carries with it all of that struggle that's gone on through the millennia to be passed on so that I'm alive today. If they wouldn't have struggled and they wouldn't have fought and won, I wouldn't be here because they would be dead. Right. So when I inherit that last name, I'm inheriting the mantle of that struggle and perseverance. And you personally are now the bearer or the custodian or the steward of the name that you have inherited. So we all have a decision as to whether we will bring honor or disrepute to the name that we've been tasked to bear. So this, that when I think of a last name, I don't just think like I inherited my father's last name, or my grandfather's last name. I try to think of it in that massive picture of the weight of all of the people who have gone before me that I'm now bearing when I bear that name. So I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on that first before we moved on. It's interesting thinking of thinking of that because my my dad's family had their name changed when they came to from Greece to the United States and and I always I've I heard my real last my real last name according to my my dad and my aunt is Sukalas and it's spelled T S O-U-K-A-L-A-S. And I always, there was, there's always a, a kind of a wonder when I think of that name and I'm inspired. Kalas, I think in Greek is, is beauty, at least in Koine Greek. <laughs> and Sue is, is like your possessive, your to own something, to have something. Uh, and and so I, I've always thought, wow, it would be so cool to, to know where that came from, to, to really, as if it could have something to do with, with my I- identity, and, and it's Potter is my last name, and it, you know, and that 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 is just, that is nothing. That's nothing. I mean, my my grandfather probably used Pater for father, or my great grandfather. Mm. Sorry. Uh, Potter, because he was the first one, and so they just put Potter, and it, so it's kind of scrubbed it of any sort of like meaning or 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 ability to you know, strengthen identity. Yeah, and and so I I was attracted then to George, my mother's maiden name, as something that was 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 it made me proud to be a George because obviously of St. George, the dragon slayer. And so that's, it, that's the thing that I was, so, so I, I want the, you know, I wanted the cool story. I want the cool last name to be able to, yeah, to live up to that. 
And then it makes me think then of of the new name and the new identity we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what. So that so, so that kind of of pride in a name, I think, should be magnified and enhanced when Christ enters into it, redeems your name, and gives you well, gives you His name. We're 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 now little Christs and and part of his kingdom now. So how much more should that inspire us and make us make us want to live up to it, make him proud, the the one who still lives and and, and in his presence will be living forever. So as we build on that topic, I want to just kind of hit some practical things and then I want to hop back into that spiritual realm there. But as far as building your name or building your reputation, that's something we have an opportunity to do on a daily basis on a moment by moment basis to decide as we build our name up or build our reputation, are we going to build a good one or a bad one? Are we going to bring repute or disrepute? So examples that I can think of, of bad reputation builders. And, you know, we can all, I think, think of examples of these people, that guy. So, things that we can do that can bring disrepute to our name. And this is just a short list being the Debbie Downer. Like he's, he's just, Oh, you know, so-and-so, you know, Bill, Bill's always the Debbie Downer right? or being lazy, being unreliable, not doing what you say you're going to do. Like don't bother asking Steve to do that. You know, he's never going to do it. Or how about not being able to be trusted around your girl, right? Like, do you have that friend that you're like, I, I don't know that I you know, want to leave my wife there talking with that guy because he just seems a little shady. That's a bad reputation to have. Or the person that doesn't ever repay. That's a bad reputation. Or even like really destructive behaviors. Like, ah, you know, they would be such a great person, but they really struggle with addiction. Right? They'd be such a great person, but they really, really struggle with being a workaholic and they don't spend time with their families. You know, things like that where these are bad reputation builders that detract from the name that you're trying to build. Examples I think of good character building would be things like being reliable. I think that's a really good reputation to have. No one's like, oh man, they, they think I'm so reliable. That's, I just can't deal with that. How about being a bad dude in a good way? I know we all know people that were like, that dude's a bad dude. No one's going to mess with that guy. But that's a good reputation to have, like someone that no one's going to mess with. Or being a good dad, being disciplined, being an encourager, being stoic, being fit. Right? These are things that, just short list examples, and they're not the end-all be-all, but they're examples of good reputation builders. And so when you think of, and when I think of things that we're doing, right? I think it's important to think of, is this action bringing repute? Is it building my reputation or is it being bringing disrepute? Is it damaging my reputation? And here's, I think, an important thing to think of. Not only do we inherit a name, but we also pass that name on to our children. They bear your name. And you're responsible for the name that you leave them. Now, I know when I was growing up, people would ask me, like, are you Kurt's boy? when they heard my name and they'd be like, are you, are you Kurt's boy? I'm like, yeah. Let me, oh, okay. Yeah. So they knew me by my father. And when you think about your kids are going to be known while they're young by 
you by your name and your reputation. So when you're passing a name on to your kids, do you want your kids to hear, oh, you're their kid, right? Or do you want them to hear, oh, you're their kid? Because there's a negative connotation that comes with the first and a positive connotation that comes with the second one. So as we're building a reputation, it's not just so that we, we ourselves have a great name, which, I mean, Scripture tells us this is a good thing. We should want a great name, like a good name, more than being extremely wealthy. That's what Proverbs tells us. And as much as a lot of times we think it'd be good to have a lot of wealth, that wealth means nothing if you have a bad reputation, if you have a bad name. So it's important for us to build that reputation for ourselves. And we'll get into what you touched on, which it's ultimately important to build it for the reputation of Christ in his kingdom. But it's also important from a practical side to build that because your kids will inherit your name. And are you leaving them with a good name or are you leaving them with a bad name? And I can't help but think about Ravi Zacharias when I think of this, who had a great name. He had a great name. I, I used to listen to Ravi Zacharias all the time. And by his actions toward the end of his life, he damaged his reputation, his, his personal name. And it came out after he died. So he didn't live with the consequences of that. But just think about his family. When people hear the name Zacharias, they used to be proud. Like, oh, is Ravi Zacharias, was he your dad? And they'd be like, yes, yes, he is. But now, if someone would ask them that, the shame that they would feel in admitting, yes, yes, he was. Right. So what kind of a name are you leaving for your kids? I think that's an important aspect as well. I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's something to to really consider and wrestle with. As you're deciding what kind of man you'll be. And I think I think I've I was confronted with this just recently, actually when uh, when coaching coaching my son and uh he had done something on the field that i remember i i disapproved of and and in my mind i'm thinking you know five ten years down the road and wanting him to correct that immediately and wanting never to see him do something like that again and i remember thinking i want i want people when they see you know when they see him and interact with him to be uplifted and this was something that i saw that was negative and it was a little bit of pride he's nine and and on a, a on a baseball team so that that's going to be something that he learns to deal with and 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 walk through but i remember just thinking what what if that you know, what if that went unchecked where could it go oh my gosh how destructive how damaging that could be and so it did make me think of of who who i desire my children to be and their name my name ought to reflect ought to reflect that type of person that i want to be personally and that i want them to to be and to, to carry on. And then I thought of Jesus Christ. He sees me in my behaviors, my actions, my and my thoughts and my words. And I think is 
does he have that same anxiety? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knows he's uh, he's sovereign. But as he's watching me through the day, no, that just a- acknowledging that I'm his and I bear his name where I go and what I and what I do and what I say and what I think. That that causes me, in a lot of ways, to do things that I wouldn't do otherwise. Things that are are things that are against sin. Things that that get me outside of of my my selfish desires and my selfish uh, tendencies. And I think that that is something that that is a man. I think that is a that is a great reason to follow after Christ because he inspires you to do, I think, greater things than you would do otherwise. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, that was actually kind of my next note here is that concept of we as Christians bearing the name of Christ. And when I thought about this, I remember back in the day, the old DC Talk Jesus Freak album. Do you remember that? Did you ever oh, listen to that? Yeah. Yeah. So there's an intro to a song. I think the song's What If I Stumble? And yes. the intro says... The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but deny him by their lifestyle, right? There's something in there about walking out the door, but I forget that portion, but I think it's and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. But the the point is that when we bear the name of Christ, there's a responsibility there to act in accordance with the name that we bear. And if we don't, that is having a negative impact on how people view Christianity and on how people view Christ. And so we're either bringing repute through Christ. I mean, it's nothing we can do on our own. I think we just need to be clear on that, that God helps us and strengthens us to be obedient, that we can't even be obedient without his help. But with his help, we are obedient to his glory. But when we're disobedient, we can bring shame not that he bears that shame because he's guiltless, but we we bear the shame of bringing disrepute to the name, right? And that's I think that's very difficult to look at and see happen. I know we all personally do, you know, we all sin and we all do things that we shouldn't do. But when I look at one of the biggest hits to the church in the past 30 years, it's a lack of integrity as far as sexual sin goes. Right, you see a lot of pastors derail their careers or really bring disrepute to the church by being unfaithful in that aspect. And then people say, well, so-and-so did this, right? They claimed they were a Christian or look at what that holier-than-thou person did. I'm saying that in you know, quotes on their side, not that I would say that, but that what they would say. So I, I think that that's important that as we act, that we act in a way to bring honor and glory to Christ and to his kingdom because we can be damaging and we can change the way people perceive the church itself. And ultimately, I think with the way I view sovereignty, the people that are called into the kingdom will be called into the kingdom and the people that won't be, won't be. But I don't want to be the means through which they won't be, if that makes sense. So I want to hear your yeah. thoughts on that. On which part of that, Brian? All parts. <laughs> no, but mostly on the, as we're building, because my thought is this, if we're living in such a way that we honor Christ, 
we're going to have a good name. Hmm. It's kind of the principle of seeking first the kingdom, where if I'm living in a way that is obedient to Christ and following his commands, I am going to have a good name because I'm going to be doing things that build a good name. I'm going to be being honest. I'm going to have integrity. I'm going to be encouraging. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be patient. Things like that that people respect in the world, things that people generally look up to, but also, so if I'm following Christ, I'm going to be building up honor for his name as much as he allows me to, but I'm also going to be building up honor for my name, right? People will look at me and say, Brian is reliable. Well, why am I reliable? Because Christ allows me to be disciplined and follow his commands, and that discipline transfers. But if I'm just living for the sake of my name, I'm not necessarily going to bring repute to Christ. And that's that's kind of where I was what I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking because there's I think there's a dark side to to this. There is a it's it's a I mean humanism, idolatrous, humanistic and idolatrous side to this where you are almost afraid of bringing shame to your name not because of fear of the lord but because of fear of man what Mm -hmm. man will think of you and that's what i was thinking of as you were kind of talking through this i was thinking of where where i'm tempted to go to go wrong in this way i don't fear the lord enough a lot of the time to consider how he's perceiving me rather i'm fearing the opinion of man who's right in front who's right in front of me and i and i want to look i want to look awesome in their eyes and so it affects the way that i it affects the way that i behave and i think that is the thing that's the that is the thing that maybe we ought to fear fear that idolatry or fear the fear of man's opinion of Mm. you i think that is something that we ought to avoid and ought to you know to ultimately reject and kill within us because that is i think that's i think that's an idol and i think it's a dangerous one because we are doing it for 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 christ's name we want to we want to look this way yet there is that subtle desire to 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 puff oneself up to mm. to to look like the man that everybody wants to be the envy of everybody else you know so there so there is this this one this one way that is christ centered that we're in, encouraging and talk and speaking to but there is that subtle way that i think can creep in and we got to keep that we got to keep our guard up against that i think mm. Yeah, because I think ultimately that's going to lead to us making decisions that we think other people would want us to make. And when we're making decisions for other people, instead of decisions that would make God happy and would be pleasing to God, mm-hmm. we're going to err. We're going to fall short. And, you know, and I, I think... Oh, good. You go ahead. Well, I think that there there's a story in the Bible with Saul, Saul and David, this comes out of a this is a this this is a proverb too uh the 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 idea of 
fearing man so it is is almost a snare where is that there's a proverb uh there's there's a proverb that says the the fear of man is a snare hold on let me look it up i think it's 26 29 proverbs oh. 29 25 the fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the lord is safe i think that is that's outstanding uh, it make so so saul is 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 afraid of david and he's afraid of the people's love for david and he tries mm-hmm. to kill david yet when he tries to kill david and putting him in in front of the philistine go in you know the foreskin story yeah that uh-huh. story and, and i'll give you i'll give you my daughter as a, as a bride and david goes and kills 200 rather than 100 and he thinks it's going to save him that is saul thinks it's going to solve the david problem but it doesn't instead david is more powerful he's now related to the king and so you see the fear of saul actually trapping him mm-hmm. it's not so saul's fear is is having a negative effect on himself rather than can you imagine if saul trusted in the lord can you imagine can you imagine his kingdom can you imagine his relationship with david if if they ever met or would would meet can you imagine imagine the transfer of power from one family to another if david was god's man i mean you have a completely different story a man who fears the lord saul who fears the lord rather than fear fearing david and then being controlled by that fear you see a, a you see a much more peaceful powerful story i i think than what you get which at the end of saul's life what he he dies and he's rejected by god and and that's the end for him mm-hmm. yeah and i i think sometimes too about when he's chasing david all over these wilderness areas how much it damaged his reputation in general where you yeah. can't even catch one guy that only has a couple hundred other guys with him and he had i think david had at one point 600 men with him yeah and saul the commander of all the army of israel can't catch him and so he keeps going out on wild goose chase wild goose chase wild goose chase and that had to in in the eyes of his military men that had to diminish his reputation yeah so had he been obedient who knows what would have happened yeah solid point Hmm. so yeah basically i think the point to be drilled home is it's important to have a good reputation and the best way we can have a good reputation is through obedience to christ and to his commands if we follow that, we'll have, we'll bring repute, we'll bring good reputation to the name of Christ as much as he allows us to. And then we'll also have a good reputation on our own part for acting in such a way that people respect. But if we pursue just a good name on our own, oftentimes that leads to folly. So if we're going to live and try to pass on a good name for our family, the only way to really do that right is in pursuit of the kingdom of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what we have for you today. So really appreciate you all listening. If you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate you subscribing and passing it on to other people. And if you would like to leave a written review, that really helps us navigate that algorithm. If you have any questions or comments for us, reach out at info at If you would like to support the show, you can go to headofnations.com and click the support link. And as always, remember, we are the head of our nations. So let's go live like it. Until next time.